Driving the Future is a podcast about where the automotive industry is going and how not only to keep up with the rapidly changing business, but to shape it. Capgemini, in collaboration with Automotive News Europe, brings you the fifth episode of Rising Star Speak. Guests Thomas Muller, Senior Vice President of the Volkswagen Group China, and Rainer Mel, Executive Vice President at Capgemini, discuss connected car software innovations in the Chinese market, why China is leading the way, and what the global auto industry can learn from China. Hello and welcome to the second season of our Rise Star Speak. I am Luca Ciferri, Associate Publisher and Editor of Automotive News Europe. With us today is Thomas Müller, Senior Vice President Volkswagen Group China. Hi, Thomas. Based in Beijing, is responsible for charging, innovation center, and business development. Thomas started his career at BMW in 1999, moved to Volvo in 2012, joined at Audi in 2016, and moved to China in 2019. Also with us today is Rainer Pell, Executive Vice President at Capgemini. Hi, Rainer. Rainer started his career at Dresden Bank in 1993, Moved first to Price Waterhouse in 1995, later becoming PwC and IBM, joining NTT Data in 2010, and finally Capgemini in 2006. Thomas, when you were named a rising star in 2015, you cited the launch of the new interface in the Volvo XC90 as your biggest achievement. Today, China is known for leading the way when it comes to connected in-cabin experiences. What is the most interesting service or feature that you have seen? I think that's a good question. And of course, I mean, the car in general becomes more and more uh, like a living space today. But I I would not like to point out, uh, I would say, one single feature. But for me, the key point is when I look into China, it is that they are integrating the ecosystem of the customers, which they know from, let's say, the smartphone or from from their digital world. They integrate that into the car in large extent. So basically, they give the customer in the car what they know from outside of the car, which is actually quite unique because uh, in the end, it's about really, um, I would say, yeah, managing uh, tech companies without greater boundary conditions, right? Because I would say we have a lot of discussions where we say, okay, what about how to cooperate with the tech companies? Uh, how about data? How about data sharing and so on? I think in China, as the market is pretty new, as, as they are very tech-savvy, they just go for it and they just integrate whatever the customer wants to see. Rainer, you will review? Yeah, I would start, as Thomas is saying, that the car is becoming the living room. I start with a concrete example, which is also China participating, but not primarily from China. This is Holoride, a venture between Audi, a gaming company, and some Chinese investors who are bringing immersive experiences to the backseat. So as more as we are going autonomous or semi-autonomous, as more it's interesting to use the time, either for gaming or for edutainment, uh, for those types of things. And Holoride is one of the ventures which is really impressing me. Going to Thomas' point, you see the Chinese tech companies going automotive. Baidu with GD, creating GDU, autonomous and integrated, the vision of application-like experience also in the car with video streaming, this commerce possibilities, and what Baidu is doing, also Tencent is doing. 
So there's interesting trend also in China for tech companies going into automotive. Thomas, what do you see as the next big trend in automotive software development and why? I think that the next big trend definitely is the next generation of architecture, which allows us then to also have a, I would say, really software-defined car. I mean, if you look a bit back in time, you know, we are coming from uh, single ECUs doing uh, single features, basically. Uh, then we went into uh, star architectures. We are now working heavily at introducing uh, domain architectures. And we are, of course, already preparing for the central compute architecture with zone architecture, uh, with, with zone computers in the architecture, where I would say this, this is the next really big step because by this and by having then a very modern software architecture, we would be able to really, uh, well, go and, and deliver on the vision, which is basically the smart and autonomous car. Right, and I think uh, this is a, of course, a step-by-step -step approach. And you see generations of architectures which are which are coming and going. And I would say that the next big thing, in my view, is to really get the software-defined car done as we uh, are planning it and as we envision it. Renner, do you think that it software-built car is coming so soon? Yes, of course. And you see from the from the tech world, you see companies who are thinking from the software side. And they have the challenge that they need to bring up a proper product which works and has high quality. The established OEMs, the other way around, it's about the software-defined vehicle that the engineers are following the software cycle and not the other way around. This is what Thomas is describing. It starts with the architecture. And this really also for me is the next steps in automotive that the established players are learning to develop from the software cycle and learning to have virtual ECUs and going all those way into software development. When I started following the China auto industry 25 years ago, China was basically copying things from, from, from the West. Uh, now, for what concern, Digitali Connected Car Service China is on the forefront. Why do you think they are there now? I mean, in my view, they are, they are there because they, they combine, you know, the tech industry with the car industry. They have, uh, of course, as a country, really big tech players. And Reinhard just, just mentioned a few of them, like Alibaba and Tencent, Huawei and all of these, these companies. They have a rich uh, startup culture. They have a lot, of, a lot of startups who are innovating constantly, and it's just a big country. So they have these, these big tech players, and what they are uh, able to do and what they really harvest is to get a combination of the tech companies with the OEMs and then create also just new brands. So, so there are there are new car brands which are which are coming up, I would even say on a on a monthly basis, you could say. And they are they are trying out and they are yeah innovating uh, and looking for the synergies. And I would even say in my view, in in a way where there is less boundaries. It's not uh, in many uh, uh, ways a I would say supplier and and and, and OEM a relationship. It's maybe more like a partnership. Uh, it's also tech companies investing into uh, OEMs and investing into startup companies. And it's just a different way of doing it. And I would say even in addition to this one, it is also anchored in, in the country's five-year plans, right? Because the five-year plans in China, they are basically bringing together three parties. It's the academia on the one side, it is the authorities, and then it's also on the other side, on the third part, uh, the industry, the industry players, tech companies and OEMs and what have you. So I would say also here they, they create, I would say, boundary conditions in the framework for these companies and the academia to collaborate and, uh, well, setting also the, the, the framework from an, 
authority and regulation point of view. So I would say this is this is also quite unique. So in, in a nutshell, the ingredients are there and they are caring for setting the things up in the right place. Rainer, I think your view is that uh, this acceleration in China is also due to a different approach of the Chinese consumer to the digital world compared to what we have in Europe, right? Customer perspective, what, what you are mentioning is that China largely bypassed the desktop computers, which we had starting in the 1990s. They went straight to mobile. This created a different customer mindset, different customer expectations. So this is one dimension, the customer dimension. The next one is, of course, the state of China and the, the five years plans. As Thomas mentioned, this is a well thought through program, mixing several dimensions and bringing in um, industrial policy, which is seriously pushing either a sector like automotive earlier, or then battery electric, or now artificial intelligence. There's a five-year plan where, for example, Shanghai is one of the model regions. And you see in an entire region popping up startups, academia goes into it, and companies are founded. That's the third level, the entrepreneurship, which is kind of at the beginning nurtured by the state, but then relatively soon independent from it so that only the strongest are going to survive. So while we see in battery electric, nice selection process at the moment for AI, it's still a lot of funding and many, many companies out there. And those three layers, customers who are mobile, estate setting the frame, and then a pretty, pretty uh, strong entrepreneurship. This is for me the, the China ingredient. In Europe, especially in Germany, there's insufficient software talent to meet the automotive industry demand. Thomas, are you seeing the same in China? Um, well, I think uh, we, we have a pretty big base of developers in China, and we have this, what I tried to explain above, this unique setup, right, between the academia and the industry and the tech players. And I think this is, of course, a, a different framework. However, I would say what, what we see is that people are developing local for local. They, they take the development uh, as, a, as a serious part, and they are just going for it. So I think it's, it's less honorary conditions, and it's just more like doing and being hungry for innovating. And by this, you have a, just a different dynamics in the market. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks, Reiner. Thanks for listening to us. See you soon. A big thank you to Automotive News Europe for letting us share these insights with you. There's lots more where that came from, so feel free to check out the link in the show notes. That's all for now. We'll see you next time on Driving the Future.